Yes, excitement is building. We're just days away from the big League Cup final on Sunday against Rangers in the showpiece event at Hampden Park. And we have a very, very exciting podcast to bring you today because we're going to bring you all of the latest ahead of that big match. And we have a very special guest in Christopher Iyer, who looks back on the last Cup final victory against Rangers in 2019 so definitely stick around for that it's very exciting we also have another podcast which we brought out earlier in the week with Darnell Day and Steve McManus looking back on their success of 2009 and when everything is just building up to that big final on Sunday as ever joined by our Celtic View editor Paul Cuddehy. Paul how are you feeling ahead of it? <laughs> I always think it's funny when people ask me that I'm not playing, so I, I'm okay, actually. <laughs> but we're the ones that probably feel the nerves more than a lot of the players do. I always find, you know, any derby game, I'm, I'm fine during the week. It's it's probably 24 hours beforehand it starts to, to kick in the nerves. And then when I wake up on the day of the game, uh, I just want it to be over for us to have won. <laughs> so uh, that that's, that'll be the case again uh, this weekend. Just now, I, I feel fine. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, cup final derby game, chance to retain the trophy we won last year, so yeah, just now it's all excitement, but the nerves, they'll kick in and certainly Sunday morning I'll, I'll be a covering wreck. We hope everyone prepares for the game by listening to this podcast, but how do you usually prepare for a, a derby game? Are you the type that will sit the night before and watch highlights of old games? No, not at all. What I, what I like, and I don't know whether it's partly through working here, so obviously on the day of the game you're working, um, so you're in the work mode. And then watching the game, obviously, whatever we're watching the game or commentating the game, you feel the nerves as as a fan. But I, I as soon as the game's over, that's you know I like to just go home and and do something else. And whether they've won or lost, especially if you lose, you just want to switch off. So I don't. Cause I think I would just add to my nerves if I was just sitting the night before, even if it was all games that we'd won. Um, so no, I would just I, I won't. Um, now I, I think it would just be on the morning of the game. I try and stay clear of doing that, but I always end up finding myself doing the, the complete opposite and watching old games. But it does, it just adds to your nerves even more because you're looking back on all these good memories and then you wake up in the morning of the game. And I mean, I've a lot of my friends, I've got a real kind of mix of Celtic and Rangers fans. So it's, as soon as you wake up in the morning, you check the group <laughs> group chat and there's a text already in there and it's going back and forth. See, I but, don't, two, two things there. One, one I know what you're siphoned my friendship so that it's only Celtic fans and I don't do uh, WhatsApp groups so I'm okay for all. <laughs> I wish I could have done the same, I wish I could have met different people when I was four years old but they're stuck with me now unfortunately. Um, yeah so we're building up to the the big game on Sunday. Uh, as you said it's a chance for us to retain our trophy. Cup finals are always big games, derby games are always big games, you put the two of them together and we get what we're getting on Sunday but that chance to retain the trophy is something that I'm sure the players and the staff are all going to be desperate to do. What I've liked about uh, Ange since he's come in is when we've played a big game, whether it's just a derby game in the league or when we've had cup finals, uh, European games, he doesn't you know, revert to saying a cliches, it's just another game. He embraces it and he, he always says, you know, this is a big game, it is different, we know it's going to be different so we need to embrace it. We'll still prepare in terms of our training, etc. the same. But actually, there's no point pretending that this is just another game because it's not. There's 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 a lot at stake. He always says there's consequences to it, and I really like that. And I think that's a real positive for the players because I think it then, for me, I'd imagine it helps them deal with that because 
as I say, when they go out on that training pitch every day, they know exactly what they're doing. They're at their work and they're, they're focusing on the next game. But out with that, you know, they're obviously going to, you know, their friends, their family are going to be talking about it. But I think the manager says, well, that, that's that's why you're at a club like Celtic, because you want to be in these moments. So I think that, for me, that's always been one of the big positives, one of the many positives since the managers came. The fact that, you know, in this lead up to the, to the, the game, He's saying, look, this is why you're in football. These are the moments that you, you've worked so hard to get to. So enjoy it, embrace it, and then go out on Sunday and win. It's a trophy like most uh, in the last sort of five to eight years that we have completely dominated, or even longer than that even. Um, but looking back in that League Cup final success of last season against Hibs, where it was uh, the Kyogo final, I think we can all say, uh, beating them 2-1 thanks to two wonder goals from himself. But just in terms of how important that trophy was for the team last year, we would just sort of, we would you put that in terms of importance? Yeah, it's right up there because I think with a, a new team, new manager, new captain, new set of players, it's important that they become winners because ultimately that's how Celtic teams are judged. You know, because we have been successful over the years, and and that's the marker. And I suppose it's the marker in professional football. All these guys want to be winners, so the sooner that that new group of players and, and manager can become a winner, the better. So I think it was absolutely key because I think, you know, we obviously won that just before Christmas and, you know, Kyogo was just phenomenal, those two goals. Then we have the break and then we come back and then we're just unstoppable. And I, I, I think the confidence that the players get from having a trophy, knowing what it feels like and knowing they want to go on and get more, I think it was absolutely key to our success last year. Because I think with that final last season, so many players in the squad, that was their first taste of not just success with Celtic, but success in general as a player because of the the number of players that the manager had brought in during that summer. So you now see it in the team where every week they are so consistent and having that winning mentality. And I think a lot of that probably comes back to that cup final. Yeah, I, th I actually think the two... Hamden, key Hamden games last season. I think they're key actually for Sunday because obviously we win the League Cup. That's, that's, you know, you get the first trophy out of the way, <clears throat> excuse me, and then that's you, you can go on. The Hamden semi-final, obviously we were a disappointment. I think the, you know, that would have been a real disappointment for the team. They'll want to make sure that doesn't happen again. Obviously it's the same opposition. So, you know, we'll not be sort of dwelling on it too much. The manager said in his press conference, you know, you, whatever, whatever's gone before, it's like that is in the past. It's the here and now, but at the same time, I'm sure that the players will want to make sure that, you know, come Sunday afternoon, the, the green and white ribbons are still on the trophy. Let's focus on the game on Sunday then and where we think it, it could be won for Celtic because our form of late has just been absolutely exceptional. And I think our last match, that 4-0 game against Aberdeen, is potentially, in that first 45 minutes, some of the best football that we have played now. People always say, when you get to games like this, the form book goes out the window, but I don't think that is the case for a game like this. <clears throat> That's just a football cliche, because even if you look back at derby games, by and large, the team that's playing well, the team that's in form, wins those games. There is always the slight different dynamic that occasionally, but I suppose both teams are getting into this game and they're in a good run of form. <clears throat> I think for us, and I'm sure people are debating this all week in terms of, as, as, as fans do, you know, you can predict, obviously, that the goalkeeper on the back four, if everybody's fit. But there's just maybe one or two key positions in midfield and up front. 
And I think the good thing is that, you know, you're debating against, you know, will we play this one really good player or will we play this other really good player? And so regardless of what the manager picks, you can't see the strength of the squad now is that, you know, it's, a, it's going to be a really strong start in eleven, and it's going to be a really strong bench and he's utilised them so well. And that's why even, you know, last weekend's game, we start, that first half was phenomenal, but then the last 15, 20 minutes of the second half, we just kept getting stronger and stronger and that may well be, you know, pivotal at the weekend. That leads us nicely on to the next point I wanted to mention because we were chatting about it in the office in terms of maybe the differences with this cup final compared to the semi-final um, against Rangers in the, the Scottish Cup last season. And one of the things that we spoke about was the strengths and depths that we have in the squad where people are coming off the bench and making a massive impact in games and we're scoring so many late goals, as the manager mentions, not just to win games, but to add the third and the fourth and the, the fifth as well. So is that something you think will, will be a, a pivotal part of the game on Sunday? Yeah, you're right. It's one of our key strengths. I mean, the semi-final, I always think it's the width of the post yeah. or the bar. You know, if Carter Vickers has scored that, that second one, it's all ifs and buts. But, you know, it wasn't like... And again, I don't know whether it kind of maybe grates on the players, the fact that suddenly... Obviously, they lose the game, and you know the hype is elsewhere. But I think this season, the manager has just—you know—he's obviously built this really strong squad. And as I said, if you, you know, if Matt O'Reilly start, starts, everybody's delighted. If Aaron Moy starts, everybody's delighted. If Rio Tati starts, then well, I think he's—he's he's probably a few in at the moment because yeah, yeah. he's phenomenal. But and again, and maybe the wide players, there's maybe you know. Could it be Leo Abada? Could it be Dyson Maida, Jota, Haksapanovic, James Forrest? You're not weakening the side. And that, I think that, you know, in the course of a game, things can change. And I think that is one of our, our strengths, that we have the strongest squad. And in a game that, you know, you hope is over 90 minutes, but might last longer, that, for me, could be the key. Well, results-wise, this season against Rangers, of course, we had the 4-0 victory at home at Celtic Park, which, gosh, seems so long ago now. There's been so much football, but a special, special day. We then had the game at Ibrooks, which was, was two each, which is obviously the most recent game, and it was the first game playing against uh, Michael Beals Rangers. But I think when you're looking at that game and going into this one, I think the fact, you know, Kyogo got his first goal in the derby in that game, well, the manager always says he's not a confidence player, but... That will obviously maybe potentially have an impact. But when you look at that game, there was such a difference when Greg Taylor went off injured as well. He's fit. He'll be back into the starting lineup as well. And he'll be such an important player for us. As he has been throughout the whole season. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think up until the point that, that Greg went off, I mean, we were already a goal ahead and we were completely dominating the game. And I think it'll be interesting on Sunday. We know how we're going to play. I think they'll bypass the midfield because their their strengths are up front and they've got you know some players that are fast and tricky and I think they'll just try and launch the ball, miss out on midfield because they know if they try and play that ball in, in the midfield, they're going to be completely dominated. And and I think that the first 15-20 minutes of that game at Ibrox showed. And I, I think for me, if all our players are fit and we and we all turn up and we play, then it's you know it's hard for any team. To, to love with us. I'm going to get your prediction later on so we, we can hold on to that because I know I know what it is but just in terms of the kind of showpiece event of going to Hamden everybody has a different experience of Hamden what's, what's your take? Do you, do you enjoy going there to the National Stadium? <coughs> I do but it's more to do with memories I think I mean I think as a football stadium 
you know, it's great, the facilities for the press are great, obviously, yeah. but um, I think for fans, you know, you, you seem so far away, and I, I, we've spoken about it over the years before of, you know, when you're rebuilding a football stadium, you should build it up the way, so it's looking in on this pitch rather than, you know, spreading it out, so it, it's not got a feel of a, what, what used to be a classic football stadium, but my, my gran used to stay just in Tory Glen, which is just about 10 minutes walk, and so when I was a wee boy, for you know, cup finals, what have you, we'd go up, we always went to my grands, and then me and my dad would walk down and used to all the, all the supporters buses just to, to park in Prospect Hill Road and you would just walk down and into Hamden and see Celtic win. So, and I still, it's maybe not the easiest way, but I still always go when I'm going to Hamden, I drive past Celtic Park and then I go down through Rutherglen and then past where my grand used to stay. And I just, it's always, it's a kind of wee tradition I've got and I just kind of feel right, that's okay, because she was a, absolute fanatical Celtic fan, so I, I like going that way down to Hamden. Yeah, and it's it's a route in recent years which you've probably taken, and it's been a winning route taking that way to Hamden. What kind of memories do come to mind when you think of cup finals at Hamden? Maybe, what was your what was your first one? I think it was, it was either, it was a Celtic Hibs final, so my dad doesn't remember whether it was the 72 Scottish Cup final or the 74 League Cup final, yeah. but all I remember was Everything was green and white, all the fans, all the players, and people who've read the view over the years know that bugbear of mine is when Celtic play Hibs, it should be all, we all wear our home kit, battle of the greens. So that, those were my earliest memories of, of going and seeing uh, Celtic at Hamden. I mean, I think the League Cup, as you get older, it's, it's funny, the League Cup for a, a long period of time in the 80s and 90s wasn't a great tournament for us. We, you know, we, we very rarely won it, we didn't always get to the final either, and it's, it's, it's actually quite nice that in recent years we've kind of redressed that balance and, and we're kind of the dominant team in that, as we are in, in all the, the trophies, but yeah, for a while, for a long time actually, it was just rare League mm. Cup wins that we had. Yeah, I, I can't remember the stat completely off my head, but I remember looking at it before and it was something like we won one in 14 years, something like that, but now obviously the last 10 years it's pretty much been our trophy. In terms of Derby finals, does anything come to mind? Any memories? Well, obviously, the obvious one, I mean, any time you beat Rangers in a final is, is brilliant, because it's one of those games, I was talking to my friend about it, and, and, and I think every fan feels the same. It's the, it's the best game when you win, and it's just the worst game when you lose. It's just horrible. Um, the, the, the Chris Julian final, obviously, uh, that's memorable. Um, <laughs> You know, it's, it's actually, it's not the Chris Julian final, it's the Fraser Foster final. I mean, he, he, he won that one for us um, and that, that was a great victory. The, the final that, you know, Darren scored and Aidan McGeady scored and, you know, Steve McManus was the captain. Um, I remember the, the one back in the 80s when, you know, we won 2-1 and again, because that was such a rare, it was a rare final victory for us. Um, I think that was the first one as a, as a teenager I would have seen. Uh, as one the League Cup final, um, and again, we were probably favourites for that because we were the better team in those the early eighties. But you know, again, we just had such a poor record in that tournament. Yeah, my first one against Rangers in a cup final was that one in two thousand and nine, where where Darren scores, and I said it to to him and Stephen that I can clearly remember my first thought because he scores in the first minute or two of extra time. My first thought after it was. Why could we not have just done that a few minutes before? And we don't have this pain of extra time because then it was this 29 long minutes, but that was an amazing occasion, an amazing day. And then 
obviously that one in, in 2019, and it leads us on nicely to, to the interview with, with Chris Julian, a man that, that won... Chris Iyer. Uh, sorry, Chris Iyer, <laughs> sorry, sorry, apologies, yeah. <laughs> yes, to apologies Chris to Chris Iyer. Yeah, apologies to Chris Iyer, yeah. Uh, let's hear from, from Chris now, a man that won many trophies during his time at Celtic. Now at Brentford, he took time out to look back on that final in 2019. Absolutely delighted to say we've got Chris Iyer on the podcast today to look back on the final in 2019. I am super excited for this one. Chris, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? I'm very well. A pleasure to finally be invited to this podcast. I'm a, I'm a listener every single week, so finally finally we got a good episode. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that tenor in the post uh, for, for saying that. Thanks very much for that, Chris. Uh, no, it's, it's a pleasure to get you on. You are always welcome on the podcast. We need to start off, you're at Brentford now, we need to have a little chat about it. How are things going? How are you enjoying the, the season? Oh, it's it's gone uh, really well. We've had a very good season, so it's it's about uh, taking taking a game at a time down here to, we're playing Fulham next game, which will be a really tough game, so it's uh, it's exciting this year. I know you're absolutely flying this season. I mean, I think everybody, every neutral that watches the English Premier League is loving watching Brentford right now. Yeah, it's been it's been very good. So we we got a nice nice group of players uh, and uh, a Scandinavian group as well, which makes it a lot easier for me. So it's uh, I speak more Norwegian than uh, English down here, so it's perfect. <laughs> well, we're going to chat all about Celtic now and about that final as well. But I need to kind of start off with the start of your career coming into Celtic and a few questions about that. You're saying now you're speaking more Norwegian. I wonder what it was like when you first came to Glasgow and you're hearing the Glaswegian accent again. You were actually just saying there you you missed hearing the Glaswegian accent, so... Yeah, <laughs> I get, honestly, I get slaughtered down there because of my Glasgow. I, I've been told that I say I way too much as well, so it's uh, it's I'm struggling. So uh, <laughs> I, I miss speaking uh, speaking the Glasgow accent. But yeah. uh, as, as you said, I, I struggle, struggle a lot when I came to Glasgow and I uh, and I still struggle with uh, one of my best friends, Greg Taylor, when he speaks too quickly. So uh, it's uh, it's still still a uh, still a challenge. Do you know it's funny you mentioned Greg because when I knew that you were coming on, and I know you and Greg are quite close, I messaged him to say, "Look, Greg, you've got to give me some some Chris stories here, just so I can I can slide them in." He um, he got back to me and said, "Well, there's a few that are non PG, so we'll leave yeah. them out." <laughs> Thank you. But all he had was good words for you. He said, "This is word for word." He was the ultimate pro, used to do extras at any opportunity, the best pro I've played with for sure. At Kelly, he had men at eight before training, he even started doing sessions in the pitch. That's not bad, isn't it? That's quite nice from him. Is that the reason he sent me his bank details early on? <laughs> I owe him some cash now, huh? <laughs> oh, he's, uh, Greg, Greg was amazing. Obviously, I met him in uh, Kilmarnock, and that was a very ner nervous guy that barely spoke in English, and I remember he... I came for lunch for the first training session and he moved table to just have a chat with me. So that, that meant a lot. And uh, since then, we've been uh, best pals. So he's, uh, I can't, can't say how, how happy I am for the, his season this year. I, I watch every Celtic game and he's playing, he's playing the best football I've ever seen him play. So uh, I'm really happy for him. I did say to him, can I say to Chris that he's the reason then that you're playing the way you are now because all those extra training sessions, they said, yeah, that's, that's probably about right. So he's giving you some credit. Yeah, you're spot on there. You're spot on. <laughs> well, um, as you said, he's playing so well at the moment. I mean, he's arguably one of the 
the, the contenders for player of the season up here in Scotland. But about a person, the person Greg Taylor, everybody we speak to here at Celtic when they say, who's the loudest in the changing room? They always say it's Greg. I mean, you must have some good Greg Taylor stories. Yeah, yeah, it's it's Greg is an amazing person. So always make fun of his dark eyes. He he got some moments where he just goes like madman in training, and I used to used to try to to annoy him in training to see the dark eyes, which I love. So no, he's a, he's an amazing guy. So I I can't I can't say enough good stuff about him. So uh, to see him do well, to see he he suits perfectly into the into Ansh's way of playing football. Uh, I I was only there for three weeks with uh, Ansh, uh, but. Uh, for those three weeks, I saw how how good a manager he was and how successful he would make Celtic. So, to play to play this almost inverted this, uh, full back role where he gets the the ball in midfield is top top level there. Yeah, well, we are here to look back on that twenty nineteen League Cup final, looking ahead to the big game on Sunday. So that was the the last final we had against Rangers in a, a Glasgow derby final. But I mean. You've played in so many finals. Do you, do you actually have a chance to remember them all? Oh, it's it's uh, crazy when you play football and play for such a massive club. It's you, it's it's always uh, a big game coming coming ahead. So it's it's difficult to sit down and remember stuff and to to really appreciate stuff. I think it's more after your career, after after you've left, that you really can look back to back to the to the clips, but. I watch I watch a few a few clips to pre- prepare to this uh, interview with Aaron Hickey earlier. So we will we watched uh, a few of the Hearts uh, Cup finals and we watched the Rangers one the one 0 game and we watched uh, the three two uh, goal that Olsnedar scored at Ibrooks to 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 win that game. So we 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 looked through a few nice memories early on today. <laughs> Brilliant, ever the professional. I love to hear it. Let's go back then to to that day in twenty nineteen in December where Celtic lifted, lifted our 10th trophy in a row when we won that cup final. But I want to start off looking at the week before a cup final like that. Talk to us about what the preparations are like and what the build-up is like to a big derby match in a final. Oh, it's uh, these games. Uh, these games are what you play football for, honestly. It's it's amazing. You, you prepare prepare so well, you know, you know what's coming and then... It's always amazing when you sit on the bus going to these games. You know, you you can feel it in the belly. You know, the the fans from both sides gives you either applause or a proper proper stick when you travel to the stadium, which which I absolutely love. So, it's it's something special. It means so much for the whole city. So, even my neighbors uh, told me before games like this how much it meant. So it was uh, amazing to play so many of them. Yeah, I was going to ask that. What is a city like in a week before? A big game like that, but you mentioned your neighbours there already giving you a little bit. So you're trying to avoid going outside during that week. Yeah, you don't you don't leave your your, your flat before a before a game like that, and uh, hopefully you get a good result so that you can you can get some fresh air after that game as well. So it's uh, it's hectic in a city like Glasgow. These games, it, which which I love, it means everything for the whole city. So it's a, it's a big game, and it's uh, guaranteed going to be a big game on Sunday as well. The game in 2019, a bit of a quiz question for you. I can't. I don't know if you can remember who we played and what the game was the game prior to that cup final at all. Oh, no chance. No idea. No. No well, idea. What it was, it was the game at home against Hamilton where Scott Brown scored in the 93rd minute. Oh, yeah, yeah. This, remember yeah. that one? Incredible, incredible. Big game, big game. Yeah. I, was going to, cause I was going to ask you, that was the Wednesday. The cup final was on the weekend after that. If you did remember... 
if that was maybe something that, that galvanised the team at all or gave the team any extra confidence when you score such a late winner? Bruni scored a left foot uh, goal, no? He did, yeah. Got the, got, got the ball into the box, uh, last second of the game and slotted in and that was so huge for us that season. It was a uh, uh, it was uh, a tight, tight year, and uh, we needed we needed those three points. So it was big for us to go into that uh, the cup final with that boost. So that game, that final against Rangers, by that point you'd already played in in quite a few finals. Did you just kind of get to a point at that stage in your Celtic career where it was something that you were used to, or did you still always get butterflies when you were leading up to games like that? No, I think I think you always get uh, butterflies for big uh, cup finals but as you said in that period we we used to go to every single cup final and believe that we could uh, or believe that we would win the game so I think that was a big big advantage for us uh, during those years that we had the confidence we 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 uh, we were also a very, a very humble but confident group of players that knew that the the job had to be done you had to run for each other you have to play in a good manner and uh, luckily we did that and how much would you look forward to those derby games as well? Yeah, it was it was amazing. It's uh, both home and away was uh, amazing games. So, as I said, we had a few few good memories. But the best one was probably the the five nil win at uh, Celtic Park, where we almost yeah we we won the league final at uh, Celtic Park on a sunny day, where I had uh, thirty family members on the stands. That was amazing. You had you never got to score in a derby, but you had a couple of big interventions and tackles. I remember some of your celebrations when you were clearing balls off the line, and you, because you just seemed to be one of those players that just kind of got those derby matches. Yeah, I never, as you said, I never scored, so I had to celebrate something. So that was <laughs> that was uh, my way of uh, showing how how much it meant to me. So uh, that was the the, the two one uh, win where I. Uh, cleared it off uh, off the line, which was uh, amazing for me as well. So it's uh, yeah, some very fond memories from Celtic. Yeah, brilliant. Now, I want you to try and take me into the dressing room if you can, if you have any memories of this game and the League Cup final against Rangers. Just talk to us about what it's like to be in the changing room prior to a game. Who are the people that are talking? What is the atmosphere like? No, it's very easy to mention the, the the biggest leader I've ever met in football uh, uh, with Bruni. So, to to have Bruni in your squad is uh, yeah, it's difficult to describe. Really, he meant so much for the club, and what he gave to the club for so many years was amazing. So, to have to have him on your side and not the op uh, opposition side is uh, is huge in games like this. Was he the type of captain that would be a shouter in moments like that? No, what what was amazing with Bruni is uh, people don't people don't uh, know how it was uh, on the uh, in the dressing room and uh, away from uh, from the ninety five minutes. Uh, I think that was what's amazing with Bruni. He's uh, such a friendly guy in the dressing room. Took care of everyone, made sure everyone felt welcome, and uh, uh, it was it was the moment from the the banter and the going into the focus just before the game where he didn't really have to shout. He just had to tell us. Uh, a few messages, uh, a few uh, encouraging uh, stuff, and then we we could see on Bruni when when he got focused, we we had to get focused as well. So it was uh, it was uh, leading by example, as I can say. And the manager at that time, Neil Lennon, what would he be like in the moments before a big cup final like that? No, he was uh, similar to to Bruni. He knew who he as a as a Celtic man for so many years. He knew exactly what was at stake. So 
he would uh, give us encouraging uh, words, uh, let us know when something wasn't correct. And uh, then it was uh, our job to go out and perform. Yeah. Now we get to the actual game then, we come out all the colour, 50-50 with both sets of supporters and we get into the action. But I think we can probably all agree it, it wasn't, it was a very nervy game, wasn't it? It, it wasn't sort of the, the best game of football, but one we managed to win in the end. What are your memories of the 90 minutes and actually playing in that game? No, as, as you say, it was probably a horrific game to watch. It was, uh, for me, it's a blur. It was a rainy, windy day in Glasgow, I remember, where we got uh, um, Frimpong sent off, if I remember correct. And uh, Race, of course, saved the penalty and we scored a, maybe maybe a, a, a wee offside goal, which I loved. So it was, uh, it was amazing. Yes, I hear you say you loved it. I think I think we all like it when it's an offside goal to win a match like that. It makes it There's just a little better. bit sweeter. <laughs> There's nothing better, seriously. <laughs> I mean, Rangers put us under a lot of pressure in that game and we'll get to the penalty and the goal in a minute, but just in general, Fraser Forster on that day, on that night, was just outstanding. We saw it on so many occasions with him, but just a word on him. like What was he like as a goalkeeper? When, when when he had games like this, there's no one in the world better. Honestly, it's when even when uh, they had this penalty, by just looking at the goal, I couldn't see how they would possibly score. He was just so big, and in games like this, it was just yeah, it was a wall to get through. So uh, it's one of the best performances I've ever I've ever seen live, and uh, I was lucky enough to 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 watch it very close as well. Do you think that's a game that you probably could have played that? five times in a row and just no one was going to score past him on that day, were they? Yeah, we, we could have still been playing up until now and you would have said everything. So he was, it was just unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. The goal, Chris Julian puts us into a lead at 1-0. We've, we've got a, a lot of pressure on us and then we get that goal. Ryan Christie whips it in. You were really close to it as well, but Chris is at the back post and, and puts it in. Just try and describe what that feeling was like when that ball hit the back of the net? No, oh, it was amazing uh, to have the half the stadium going crazy as well. And I have to say, it's one of the coolest celebrations I've ever seen. That knee slide is just spot on. So it was uh, uh, just an amazing moment. Yeah, and then as you mentioned there, a few minutes later, I think we all thought it was going to come crumbling down because the ball ricochets off yourself. Jeremy Fringpong concedes a penalty, gets sent off, Rangers have the chance to score from the penalty kick as well. What is going through the head at that moment? No, honestly, I was quite uh, quite uh, calm in that moment because I knew Fraser was going to save it. It's probably crazy to say, but he was in a, he had a game of his life and I, c I couldn't see how they were going to score. So uh, I think uh, Morelos took the penalty and uh, missed it. So with an offside goal and a missed penalty made uh, made uh, a bad game. Uh, very sweet, very sweet. <laughs> it definitely did, yeah. I mean, it's just a word really on that team that you were involved in for all of those years, the consistency levels, the ability to win, because I think for most teams in that moment in a game like that, when you're under so much pressure, they will probably concede and probably lose. But we always found a way. What was it about that team that managed to always get over the line? I think it was just a group of players that um, lived in the moment and took took a second uh, every single game at a time. And uh, even though we got up to 1-0, we still knew we had to 
grind out the result. We, even though we got the man sent off, we still knew that we could, if we conceded, we could uh, win the game. Uh, we've showed that before, but uh, also when uh, when Fraser saved the, uh, the penalty, we knew that we we could win this with a, with a man less as well. So it was just the 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 confidence we had in the group at that point where we where we felt like we were we were going to win it. The full time celebrations now. When that whistle went, I was watching it back this morning. I feel like that's one of the biggest sighs of relief from a stadium, from half our stands and the Celtic fans, and also on the pitch with yourselves as players. Every single one of you just seemed to lose your head in the celebrations. Where did that rank for you? No, it's it's uh, it's high up there. It was uh, amazing, and to play it to play at Hamden as well, where you have half the stadium Celtic fans, and they will always make it amazing. Uh, from from the kickoff until till the final whistle and after when you lift the trophy in front of everyone it's just it's just amazing. Do you get a chance to celebrate properly as as a group of players after a game like that? Yeah, but the the problem with these these cup finals is that there normally when you play for Celtic there's a game three days later. So I don't know if you have uh, any any time off after this cup final, but it's it's very brief. So it's more the it's more the winning the cup final last game of the season than than it's a proper celebration. Yeah. I mean, we're all looking forward to, to this one on Sunday. Um, in terms of cup finals for yourself, Chris, you obviously, as we said, you've you played in so many. Where does that one against Rangers rank for you? Have you got another one that's, that's potentially a favourite? Yeah, for me, for me, the the two one win against Hearts, uh, where Odson scored uh, the winner at the end. There was it. Was it the treble? Treble we won there. Treble, the treble, treble, yeah. That was amazing, and also for me, the the prop. Uh, uh, first big cup final I played the the, the Motherwell the the sunny day where we had the open top bus through Glasgow after was was also amazing so it's difficult to just uh, mention a few but uh, those two was probably my, my one and two yeah well we said you never scored in a derby but you did have a big Scottish Cup final moment yourself when you scored the winning penalty for the quadruple treble what are your memories of that that would have been by far the biggest moment of my career if, if there was fans in the stadium. It was uh, was a, uh, fantastic to to take the winning penalty and uh, to to score uh, against Craigie. There was uh, as was amazing, but it was also bittersweet to not have anyone in the in the stand. Yeah, you mentioned your favourite derby game. I think was the the five 0 one where we won the league. We won quite a lot of derbies when you were up here at Celtic. We'll be pleased to remember. Um, do you remember what your first derby game was? Was that the game at Ibrooks? Um, I think I think I started the, the first game. I started was a, a nil nil game at Celtic Park. I think mm. uh, uh, around uh, New Year time. Um, then I played the, the three two win. Yeah. At uh, at Ibrooks, which was huge as well. So there's been uh, it's been some good moments, but uh, definitely the the five five nil game uh, at Celtic Park was was huge. And you were watching that three two game back again today. I think everybody, it's Celtic fans, just remember that game so fondly. Yeah, both me and Aaron were celebrating still now. So that that's a that's a game that's high up there. Sent off, uh, also got sent off, and we're two uh, two, and then also scored his three two goal, which was uh, amazing. So, and we had a lot of Celtic fans behind that goal as well, which I, it's easy to forget because uh, they they got uh, less less people there now but uh, to have everyone behind the goal there was spectacular yeah. yeah brilliant brilliant memories i take it chris will you be will you be watching on sunday are you still always keeping up to date with things that are happening at celtic 
Yeah, yeah. Watch, uh, watch almost every game. So uh, a cup final on Sunday, Celtic Rangers. I will definitely be watching. Yeah. Well, how have you? How have you seen the progress of Celtic in the last sort of eighteen months or so under Ange? I know obviously you had a chance to work with them for a, a short period of time, but some of the football we're playing at the moment is just amazing, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not surprised at all. Uh, as I said, I only had three weeks with uh, Ange, but I could uh, tell you already then that it would be a massive success. And the way Celtic are playing, the way Callum are leading, is, um, I'm so happy for him as well. The way the way he worked uh, uh, when I was there, the, he's one of the most hardworking players I've ever met. So he he deserves uh, everything he's getting uh, getting now. And everyone is just performing they 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 have some players that's been there for a long time and they have some new players that really really gets how we, what it means to play for Celtic so just very happy for everyone yeah brilliant it's always great to hear that Chris you've been brilliant with your time just to finish off on anytime we have a guest on we always finish in some some quick fire questions if that's okay with you so we'll just fire through some of them now um first of all so it's obviously all about your time at Celtic and teammates so who is the funniest player during your time at Celtic Funniest player, uh, Mika Lustig or Greg Taylor? Okay. Lustig next... was amazing, amazing. Yeah. The next question was going to be, who was the most likely to play pranks? And is there, are there any you remember? But I'm assuming it might be one of those two. Actually, on pranks, it's Johnny Hayes. Johnny Hayes. The only problem with Johnny Hayes is that I had no clue what he was saying. He had this Irish accent that he, he had a good prank, but I didn't really get it after. So that was the only problem with Johnny. That's why I don't put him as the, the funniest. But would on the he, pranks, he, he on the pranks, he was top level. Would, is there any that stand out that are able to, to air? <laughs> they, they used to put these shrimps in every coffee around. So there was maybe maybe for three, four months that I never had a coffee at the training ground. So it was stuff like this was just... Probably sounds ridiculous, but they used to uh, mix it up a lot. But it's like little shrimps like the fish. Yeah, raw, raw, raw shrimp in the coffees. So I didn't have coffee for three, four months. Nothing. <laughs> that must be the most disgusting coffee in the world when you get to the bottom of that. Yeah, yeah and they, at the end, everyone knew. So they, they used to like give you a coffee, but then no one would have it. Then they would drink it. And the one that Mika or Johnny had themselves, sh- that would have the shrimp in it. So they mi- swap like that. So, no, no coffees for me. No coffees, no coffees. Um, next one. I don't know if you had a fine system at the club when you were there, but if you did... Oh, we who, did, we did. You did, Bernie okay. Was, Bernie was good at that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I was going to ask, who is the most likely to get fined? And again, did any fines stand out? Moussa uh, Dembele, Odson Edward and Olivier Encham contributed maybe 70-80% of the fines every year. Is that for being late? What are they what are they getting found for? Yeah, I think it was just the the the, the Frenchies. They 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 loved they loved uh, playing with Bruni sometimes, and Bruni gave them nothing back, so they he would write them down every single time. So there was there was no discounts on Bruni's book. But I suppose you must be quite happy when players are getting fined because you're getting a, a better night out at the end of the season with the money. Oh, it was brilliant, brilliant. So we had a we had a French night out after every year, so it was perfect. Perfect. <laughs> That's brilliant. And then, kind of following on from that, who would be the best player on a, a night out or the most up for a celebration after a big win? Best guy on a night out after a win. That's a, that's a that's a great question. There's a there's a few there. I would have to say, because 
the proper proper Celtic. Uh, I would have to say Bruni or Cal because they, after winning a cup final for Celtic, they were yeah they were just over the moon. So I would have to say them. Are they two players that would be up in the dance floor? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, no, no, no moves from them. No moves from them. Uh, on the on the dance moves, I would probably have to say Mika Lustig. Surprisingly, he 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 got some moves. I have to yeah. say that. I think we've all seen his video when it, during his time at Celtic when he was in the gym and he was doing the old keyboards as well. You could see the moves in that. Yeah, yeah he used to do that on nights out as well. So it was brilliant. <laughs> and a, a couple in football. Um, favorite game that you played in as a Celtic player. Favorite game uh, must be the Aberdeen away when I scored the scored the winner. That was uh, my favorite game. Yeah, same season, two one game. Yeah, the last towards the end. Two one, two one. That was brilliant. Yeah, best atmosphere. The five nil uh, Celtic Rangers or the actually the Senate St Petersburg home game was. Unbelievable! The one 0 game one was like yeah, Cal scored a scored a winner. Yeah, yeah, that's a that was a, a good game that one, and I was going to follow that up as well with favorite European game you played in. I don't know if the Zenit one would be it or maybe something else. Um, no, I would I would probably go for the Zenit game. The Zenit game was for me was I don't think it's possible to create a better atmosphere than than that game. Brilliant, yeah. And finally, just need to round it off, Chris, by asking you about. Your time at Celtic and just how do you how do you look back in your your career there? You, you joined as a young man and you left as an experienced player with all those trophies. No, I I can't I can't speak. Yeah, uh, the, the the guys here at uh, the training ground are sick of hearing me talking fondly about Celtic. So uh, I I absolutely loved it. It was five uh, amazing years. I came came as an eighteen year old boy, uh, very insecure, didn't speak uh, any English and. Uh, Came as uh, signed as number ten and developed well. Uh, got um, learned so much from so many spectacular players and uh, so many good managers. So to to uh, to win nine trophies was uh, amazing for such a massive club. Brilliant, Chris. Well, it's been amazing for you to spend the time to chat to us in the Celtic View podcast and to go back through all those memories. Brilliant to hear from you and. Hopefully we maybe see each other in the Champions League next year. You with Brentford, you're at Celtic. <laughs> that that would be that would be huge. Yes. <laughs> Brilliant, Chris. Well, thank you so much, and all the best for the rest of the season. Thank you. Thank you. All the best, Sunday. Bye bye. Yeah, that was definitely Chris Iyer and not Chris Julian there. <laughs> Looking back at that final quickly, Paul. I mean, we kind of spoke about it in, in that interview. We, we both agreed it wasn't the best game. It was nervy. But in a way, it made it all so much sweeter. Well, you, you know, if you would, you would obviously want to win the game at a canter. But as long as you win it, that, that's the only thing that matters. That, to me, that game, to an extent, summed up that team at that time. That they had just an unbelievable will to win. And when I was... Uh, doing the book with Callum McGregor and he spoke about that game about him you know we'd obviously gone down to 10 men and, and him and Scott Brown were all kind of just like looking at each other and going right we know what we do we're not losing this game and they just dug in and you know we won so many trophies and so many games playing exceptional football but they just knew how to win and they just ref it was almost like they refused to accept that they weren't going to win that game regardless Fraser Foster had the game of his life that day he was 
unbelievable. But I think the, the whole team just dug in and did what they had to do because in a cup final, the only thing that matters ultimately is, is winning the trophy. And, and so it was, it was a great day in the end for us. I think the most striking thing was that clearly Rangers had more chances than us in goal. Fraser Forster was exceptional. I don't think, I think you could have played that game and I think uh, Chris Iyer said you could play that game until right now to this present day and still they wouldn't have scored. But that's, the, the thing is, is that as soon as we went down to 10 men, we actually conceded less chances. It was the, the period of time when we had 11 men in the park that, that Rangers had more of the opportunities. To your point, you were saying with Callum that the team just had this inner belief and this inner desire to say, right, we know what to do. We're going to stick to it and make sure that they don't get any more opportunities. And they didn't really in the next half an hour of the game. But the fact that you scored a goal, there's a bit of contention of it being offside, <laughs> potentially. You go down to 10 men and they miss a penalty as well. I think that goes down as one of my favourite Derby <laughs> games. <laughs> um, there is another Derby game on Friday night, Paul, at the Excelsior Stadium. It is Celtic women against Rangers women and the SWPL and this is another game which is really really big for Celtic it's the it's the start of a massive week for the Celtic women's team because obviously we play Rangers on Friday there's a game away to Hamilton midweek and then the following weekend we play Glasgow City so that could have a, a real sort of you know it could help the, the outcome of where we end up this season so we obviously start with the Derby you know, they're the defending champions. We're ahead of them just now, and, and it's important if we can get the win. It just obviously widens that gap at the top of the table. It'll be a really tough game. I'm hoping that there'll be quite a few fans there on the Friday night because it's, it's, it's quite a nice way to, to start a derby weekend. And, you know, regardless of whether it's the, the men's first team, the women's team, the B team, or watching a game of five-a-side somewhere, if it's Celtic v Rangers, there's something at stake and you want, obviously <laughs> want us to win. I think, you know, Fran's team go into the game full of confidence. You know, they've been playing well. They've conceded, I think they've only conceded something like three goals in the league this season, which is a phenomenal record. So they're very hard to break down. And I think they're going to, you know, even from what he was saying in his press conference, they're going to, they, you know, they know they're at home, they're in front of our fans and they're going to have a go. And, you know, for to get three points on Friday night would be absolutely massive. And it gives them that springboard for, for the following week because obviously Glasgow City are out in front at the moment. If we can peg them back as well. I mean, it is a three-horse race for the title, but a real, really important week for the team. We have shown over the last couple of seasons that we can beat both Rangers and Glasgow City. And I think in this season in particular, these games are going to be so crucial because neither of the, all the three teams, they're not dropping any points really outside of playing against each other. So this week is, is going to be massive. And if they can get six points starting with a victory against Rangers on Friday, then that's only going to do their chances of a tie to the world of good. Absolutely, yeah. As you say, you know, I think we dropped we dropped a couple of points against Motherwell. I think Rangers have dropped a couple of points, draws that they wouldn't have expected to. But by and large, those three teams are winning. So it is what happens when they, when they play each other. And then there's a split this year in the Women's League for the first time. So again, you want to be into that split. There's going to be, you know, five tough opponents, including the, the two title challengers. So you want to be positioning yourself as, as near, if not at the top of the table, as, as you can come the split. But this is the time of the season where you really want to start hitting your stride and peaking. The manager says that the first team, Ange Postecoglou, all the time, that 
he doesn't build a team to peak in August and September. He builds them to peak in March, April and May. And, you know, so far this season in the league, we've not been at that top spot. But if you can win the next couple of games and you can start to hit your peak, then you'll be tough to stop. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm sure, as I say, they won't be looking. And I think it's good. That it's, you know, it's obviously a Rangers game, so the focus is solely on that. And then they'll take the other games as and, as and when they come. But, yeah, so so important. Uh, a big game, I think everybody's looking forward to it. So it would be a, a nice way to start the weekend. Yeah, and you can get your tickets online for that one Friday night at the Excelsior Stadium in Airdrie. And I'm sure the girls and Fran would be delighted if they can get a, a big crowd for that one. Uh, Paul, let's finish off with our predictions game. Uh, last week you beat me again, um, but we'll gloss over that. Um, <laughs> actually, the fact is, there was a game, I can't remember what the game was off the top of my head, but um, the, one of the one times I get the actual result right and you picked the exact same result, so typical. Um, I've not actually put down what I've, I've, I think for these next seven games, I'm just going to do it off the top of my head, because that's what you do, and it seems to work for you. <laughs> you think so that? I'm, I'm, you think that? But... Yeah, I'm trying to learn from the from the master here. Um, this week we've got Claire Rafferty playing for the fans. Um, last week uh, you got nine points, I got six, and the fans got four points as well, so you're still out in the lead. Uh, we'll, we'll rattle through these seven games then, and we'll leave the, the best one to, to last. Uh, so first of all, um, we have got... So this podcast is going to go out probably when the Celtic B team have, have played against Hearts B on, on Friday afternoon, but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll stay it anyway for these predictions. What would you say for that? I'll go 3-1 to Celtic. 3-1. Uh, Claire is going 2-0, and I'm going to go for 2-1 for that one. Um, then the women's team game against Rangers on Friday night. I'm going to go for 2-1 to Celtic. 2-1. Claire has went for 1-0, and... I'd been, I'll go two 0 for that one. I think I think it'll be a, a tight game uh, in that one. Uh, then we've got a few from our Scottish Premiership, uh, a few tasty ones down the bottom of the table, which we've picked: uh, Ross County against Dundee United first. A glamour game. Um, I think Ross County will win that. I think they'll win two one. Dundee United, I think, are maybe a bit of baller now, especially with Motherwell getting a wee bit of form. So two one, Ross County. Yeah, I think Ross County will win as well. I'll go first. 3-1 with that one. Um, got some good goal scorers on our team now, Ross County. Um, Claire has went for two each, but yeah, Dundee United seeming a bit of, bit of problems at the moment. And then Kilmarnock against Motherwell, resurgent Motherwell. Yeah, and Stuart Kettlewell has just been appointed full-time manager. I think they'll win that game. There's a wee bit of, there is a wee bit of confidence in them. 3-1 um, I'm going to go for, for Motherwell. I'm going for a Kelly one, 1-0. Um, the reason being that I don't think Kelly have won a game away from home yet this season. It's been their home form, but they've picked up all the points. So they need a result. Um, so I'm going to go for a 1-0 a, a win. And Claire's went for a 1-0 win as well with that one. Um, two games from England. We've got in the Premier League, Spurs against Chelsea. That's a really tough one. Cause Neither team are playing well. Yeah. I'm going to go for, go for 2-0 for Spurs. Okay. Yep, Claire has also went for 2-0 to Spurs. Chelsea cannot buy a win at the moment, so I'm inclined to go for Spurs as well. Um, and I'll go for... I'll go for 3-0. Well, you never know. Probably not going to happen, but why Harry not? Harry Kane hat-trick. Yeah. Um, 
got the pressure to be in him if that did happen. And then there's another League Cup final on this weekend on Sunday at the same time, which nobody is going to be watching, uh, which is Man United against Newcastle. Yeah, it's a, it's a, really, it's a really difficult one. Um, I think if Manchester United weren't playing Barcelona this midweek in a really tough Europa League game, I would definitely say them. You know, Newcastle have had a week to prepare, but I think Manchester United to win 2-1 after extra time. Claire has also went for a 2-1 win from Manchester United, and I, I, I think they might be quite comfortable, Man, Man United, in this one, and I'm going to go for... I'm going to go for 3-0 as well on that. Uh, Newcastle just seem to be faltering at the wrong time. They've lost Nick Pope as well, struggling to find goals. But, I don't know, it could be the complete opposite when you get to the game. Mm. Their first cup final since 99 and they come out and win it. Um, but, yeah, it should be a good game to watch in the highlights after Celtic against Rangers on Sunday at 3 o'clock at Hamden Park. <laughs> I, I can't wait for you to say your prediction for this one. Well, the reason... During the week, I was just sitting in the house and I said to my wife, do you know what? It's about time we beat them 7-1 again. So, she, for some reason, I don't know why, she checked the weather for Sunday and it's sunny, Hamden in the sun, 7 degrees. And then underneath, I don't know, it was the wind chill, it was like minus 1, it was 7-1, and it was like written in the stars. So, that's what I'm going for. If you, if that becomes a 7-1 game and you've predicted that right, then I think this whole office will just need to bow down to you as the oracle <laughs> of football. Uh, I mean, I, clearly I would want it to happen, but also part of me would be like, if it was at 7-1, I'd be like, desperate to get an eight. It's just so you, do you know what, I could, I could try and rationalise it, because I think, I do think every game we go into, we have the potential. You yeah. saw it last weekend, we could have been 7-0 up at half-time. We, if we click the way we play and create the, ch the chances we do. If it doesn't matter who we're playing, you know, unless you're playing a Real Madrid, then I think we're capable of beating anyone. But I just, yeah. Yeah. Well, even Real Madrid during the week, I think that showed them beating Liverpool 5-2. It put in a contrast our performance in that absolutely, game as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Claire has went for 4-0 uh, for the Derby match. I'll take and, that as well. I know. I'm, I mean, I'm going to take any victory, of course. I'm going to go for... Who know? I think it might just be a little bit tighter because cup finals tend to be. Not that I want it to be. <laughs> uh, I'd much rather your 7-1 prediction. Than Although that's a dilemma, you know, when, when I was mentioning it in the office and then people saying, right, if it's 7-0 in the last bit, what do you, do you want? Is the Kizzy a penalty or something? Or, but no, I don't, you know, whatever the score is, as long as we win. Yes. Confident? At the moment, yeah. No, I, as I say, I think we have got the better team, the better squad, one you know, we're winning games really well. I think if we turn up and play the way that we know we can, it'll be really difficult, I think, for any team to, to compete against us. And as I say, I think, as I said, I think the way the manager embraces the occasion, the week, I think that's a real positive. And we've got some key players, Cal McGregor, Greg Taylor, Joe Hart, guys that are just that bit of experience, but the other players that have now won things. Um, so it's... Yes, I'm really looking forward to, to the 7 1 win. <laughs> You're getting me excited. <laughs> I'm getting goosebumps thinking about that. What an, what an occasion that would be. Yeah, well, uh, hopefully, Touchwood, this time next week, we're sitting here and we've got a victory to talk about in the, the cup final. Uh, thanks for listening to another episode of the Celtic View podcast. You can catch us on YouTube and all of your 
podcast platforms and please do like and subscribe and catch us on Twitter as well at The Celtic View. Enjoy your day on Sunday. Hopefully we're all celebrating this time next week and we have that League Cup trophy back in the cabinet after 24 hours where it's not been in there. We have to give it back to Hampden. But yeah, enjoy your Sunday and do join us again next week.